Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. Lech Lecha strikes us differently this year than in previous years. I think there's a certain sadness in God's commanding us to get up and go when we're stuck at home, keeping ourselves and others safe. It's hard to think, it's hard not to think of all the plans we've had to cancel. B'nai mitzvah completely rearranged, marriages postponed, funerals conducted in privacy. As we pray for the day when we can safely leave our homes again, as Abram is now being called to do. But Lech Lecha is not just a physical journey. It has to be a spiritual one as well. So while we're tasked with staying put to keep others and ourselves safe, maybe we can still experience a spiritual Lech Lecha. In order to do that, I think we, it's worth considering what this journey is about. Why does God choose Abram? How was Abram capable of the kind of resilience he needed to leave everything behind and strike out for the promised land? And what lessons can we learn from his example in a time when I think we can all use a little bit of that resilience? So with that, I'll throw it over to Rachel. Thank you, Josh. <clears throat> and um, I'll just say if there's some holy background noise that's uh, different members of my family who are, who are also caring about their day and making sure that my child gets fed while I'm doing this. So um, that's part of our, our family resilience right now. Uh, I think that, that Abraham's journey offers us many insights into the kinds of tools that, that people can have in their back pocket in terms of being in a journey for the long haul, because you know, I, I don't know about you, but I for sure, you know, back in March was saying, oh, I hope this is, you know, okay, it'll be a couple months. I can, I can, I can figure out how to do this for a couple months. And as it's become longer and longer, I've had to figure out how to shift my thinking from it being a sprint to a marathon. And so I think the the spiritual lessons we can gain from Abraham are all, are all about that resilience for the long haul. The, the first lesson I think we can draw from him is about actually taking the time to stop on the journey to be present for both the highs and the lows. We learn this about Abraham from one of the Midrashim about how he got selected by God in the first place to carry on this, this Lech Lecha momentous task. Um, it's from the Midrash of the Birah Doleket, the, the palace that is either on fire or illuminated. And as, as this story goes, there's a parable of a man who's walking on the way and, and stops because his attention is so captivated by what's called in Hebrew, a birah doleket. And dolek from like lahadlik ner, it's, it's the same shoresh as, as lighting, but it's unclear from the story. Um, and even commentators disagree if it means that this person stops because he sees a palace that is on fire and he's very concerned, or if he sees a palace that is illuminated and is so struck with awe that he just stops in his tracks and has to has to take notice of it. And then the person says, basically, where's, where's the caretaker for this place? What, you know, what's going on? Is it possible that this either on fire or amazingly illuminated space has no one watching over it? And then in the parable, the, the owner of the building comes out and says, ah, it's I. And then, and then the rabbis say, this is likened to Abraham, who on this, you know, on a journey stopped and, you know, either said, this in the whole world in his case, either was captivated by seeing that the world was on fire, perhaps in, in chaos or, or, or violence of some kind, 
or was struck by the awesomeness of the world saying, whoa, the whole world is so illuminated and, and is, you know, who basically like, who's, who's in charge of this. And then God speaks to Abraham and says, it's, it's me. I'm the one who's in charge. And that, that ability of Abraham to stop and notice either way, I think in either interpretation of the story, whether, whether Abraham stopped and saw something that needed dire attention or stopped and saw something that was so beautiful. It was, it was that ability that God saw and said, there's someone special here who can carry on this journey for the Jewish people. And when I think about resilience, I think the ability to be present for either something that's, that's needs fixing in the world, the kind of tikkun olam that we see needs, needs doing, or something that's so beautiful, either of those can bring us kind of the motivation to keep going when there's a hard task in front of us. Because either we can be reminded of our, our values of something that we feel we, you know, we are called to fix in the world and remembering that, you know, seeing, so to speak, the thing that's on fire, that can be what gets us motivated to keep going. And on the other hand, seeing something that is just so beautiful and forces us to stop in our tracks, those also give us the spiritual sustenance to keep going from the, 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 the inner fuel of it being just so beautiful. And I think also the reality right now is that there's a lot of things that are, that are both at once, perhaps something that seems both, you know, overwhelm, overwhelming with, with sadness or loss and, and beauty at the same time. And in fact, if we think about kind of looking at the country collectively right now, approaching the election, I think collectively we're looking at the same thing. And some people think some pieces are on fire and some people think some pieces are, are illuminated. So kind of collectively we're really grappling with, with both of those pieces of this, of this story. Um, and I think that, that for resilience, we need to be present for both. The psychologist Brene Brown, who I love listening to her books and podcasts, she says we can't selectively mute our emotions. So if we're going to be ready to receive the, the inspiration and the koach to keep going for the good moments, we also have to be present for what's hard at the same time. And, you know, I, for me, where this comes up during COVID is, is in a lot of the juggle between being a student and a parent and kind of there's so many things on a daily basis, it's easy to just slog through it. But then, you know, in an instance, I can go from, oh, no, there's no dinner to, oh, wow, you know, like my son giggled and it was really funny and, and it's going to be okay. So I think that whatever, whatever your journey and struggles or high points and low points are, the first reminder I get from Abraham is to just have the the presence of mind and patience to stop and, and fully experience both the highs and the lows along the way. Now, Josh, Josh will share some more. And it's so interesting because I, I like the, the mute metaphor, something, you know, we're all used to now mute yourself, please and unmute yourself. And how, when it comes to emotions, you really can't do that to yourself internally mute one. It's, it's sort of a feeling of all of it together. So we have that, we have the ability to see both the good and the bad, the fire and the illumination how they may be separate, but also how they may be two sides of the same coin. And then I think we get this other uh, lesson that Avram get, teaches us this week, which is being motivated by covenant. One of the, actually what we read, what Marshall read um, for us just a, a few uh, minutes earlier was the Brit Bain Abitarim, the covenant between the parts. And it's, it's really a fascinating ritual where God tells Avram to take certain animals and basically you know, slaughter them and chop up the pieces. And then there's this ceremony where 
where Avram walks through it and there's a flaming torch. And it's, it's a fascinating, truly interesting ritual to, and there's plenty of commentary on what, what is going on there. But what I want to call attention to is how covenant can exist when we're strewn to pieces and how thinking about the covenant when we are strewn to pieces can be that motivating factor. Because I think in a lot of way we can see, we can see, even though we might not want to, we can see ourselves in that rather gruesome uh, image that, that with COVID, with, with just how life has been, in a lot of ways, collectively, we are strewn, uh, uh, we're disparate pieces. We were once this collective whole community in person on Shabbat, you'd be sitting in these pews here, and we were together, and now we're sort of strewn apart as pieces, um, and on an internal level too, right? I think uh, for a lot of us, we've experienced a lot of brokenness through the losses that we've endured during this, this era and this time. And I think if you stop there, it's pretty morose. But I think if we see what, what Avram is giving us here, that, that covenant exists in that space, that, that, that it's that site where God enacts this covenant with Avram. That covenant is our Jewish religion and community that binds us together. It's our family. It's our friends. It's all of us who together we are, the Betham family. And, and in times where we feel our most strewn about us and broken into pieces to remind ourselves to, to, to log on today um, to remind ourselves of this covenant we have with one another, that we're not alone. Even if it feels like that, we may be disparate pieces, but we're not, we're a whole and we're a community. And however we can come together to remind ourselves and enact that covenant together. I think that continues to keep us resilient and motivated through these times. And obviously to remind ourselves of, of God's love and our relationship with God as well. It's not just on the human level of our covenant, but of course, with God who's through us and with us in these times. So that's sort of number one and number two. And we have this third lesson that, that we, we gleaned from, from Lech Lecha and resilience, which is being motivated by the call to, to be a blessing. God calls Avram, at this point he's Avram, to leave his land and, and the place of his birth and his ancestral home to quote the land that I will show you. In return, God promises, quote, I will make of you a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and tehe bracha, be a blessing. The, the Debbie Friedman song is, and you shall be a blessing. And Rachel and I have uh, a teacher at Ziegler, Tsioni Zevit, Dr. Zevit, who insists he shakes his head at the Deborah Friedman side. And I said, you cannot do, you can't shake your head at Deborah Friedman. He says, I can do that. I'm a doctor. And he says, it's, it's, it's not, you shall be a blessing. It's to hey, bracha. It's be a blessing, which I think actually changes it from future to tzivui, to command. And, and that's a very interesting invitation or command to be a blessing. And I think it's at the core of who we are as a people. And when we connect to the core of who we are, to our purpose, I think that's also a wellspring of resilience for us to remind ourselves of who we are and what we're called to do as a Jewish people. Rashi understands Tehei Brachai. He brings a midrash saying, this means that blessings are entrusted to you. Before this, hitherto they were in my power. God speaking here. They were, they were in my power to bless. I blessed Adam and Noah. That was me. But from now on, you shall bless whomever you wish. So I, I think it's actually a pretty radical moment here. Tehei bracha, if we're understanding it the way Rashi does, God is imbuing us, entrusting us with a sacred power to bless others. God is saying, I'm not going to be the only, the sole source of blessing anymore. 
It's a partnership. I need you to bless others with me. And if that's who we are as, as Jews, to think of ourselves as in this time, what can we do to, to bless others? How can we heed the call of Tehei Bracha and be a blessing for our family, for our friends, for our community, for each other in ways that we so sorely need right now? Even if we're limited by the constraints of COVID, and maybe because we are all the more so, we can strive to Tehei Bracha, be a blessing into, bring blessing into each other's lives in this time where we need it most. And I think going back to what Rachel mentioned about the Birad Doleket and how it does have some interesting connotations to tie in with the election that for some, just in the nature of any election, you have those who, are, who see it as illuminated and some who see it as fire. It's just the natural outcome of, of anything like this. But to recognize that wherever you stand, wherever your opinions lie, that this is a time where we should strive to be a blessing for one another, that we should reach out and support one another in, in times where we need it, no matter what the outcome is. So how can we stop to recognize, to recognize that and to strive to Tehei Bracha in these uncertain times? And I'll throw it over to Rachel now for our, our conclusion. Thank you, Josh. So we've seen we have, we have many tools that Abraham and his Lech Lecha journey can offer us. Just to recap, we've spoken about the ability to be present, whether we see what's on fire or what is beautifully illuminated, the ability to rely on our covenantal bonds with people and with God and our, our knowledge and, and intuition that we ourselves can be a blessing to each other. So, I mean, we're all still getting our footing in something or another right now. There's so many journeys we might be on, whether we expected them or not, whether it's a continuation of journeys in our lives that existed before these kinds of extra strains that have come upon us, or if it's a new journey we've stumbled into. I mean, I have friends who are doctors who, who have specialties entirely unrelated to what's happening right now and have been, have been called to step into to new roles, for instance. So what, whatever these journeys you're on right now, I think it's possible to remember we have each of those tools of resilience within us already. And I, I saw this very clearly this past week because my, my son, who's just a little over one, is really just learning how to walk. And he, he must have read the calendar and he saw that Parshat Lech Lecha was coming and he decided it was time. So we had this, this beautiful moment last week where he, you know, he'd been taking one or two steps and that's it. And that's it for a while. And we kind of were like, OK, he'll figure it out when he wants to. And then there was one day when we happened to be talking to, to my parents on FaceTime and he saw their faces on the phone. My husband happened to move the phone further away and he decided to walk much further than he had before towards them. Um, that that was his, that was his motivation to continue on that, on that, that journey. And in that moment, um, I saw all of these, all of these pieces that we've spoken about the, um, the, you know, my, I was, I don't even remember what I was doing at that moment, but I didn't think it was a particularly unique moment. And all of a sudden I was so captured by the present of being thrown into seeing like, whoa, this milestone that we've waited for, for, for so long is, is, is happening all of a sudden. And, you know, I couldn't help, but stop whatever it, whatever it was that I was doing before that for something that was mostly what I would say an illuminated moment, but also with pieces of you know, we ended up having both sets of grandparents on FaceTime at the same time and kind of wishing that, that it could, they could have all been there in person. Um, 
but having also the gratitude that they could see it in the way that they did. Um, and also an awareness at, with every step forward that a, that a kid takes, there's also a piece of, you know, awareness that, that he's gaining more and more independence and that the world and world, the world will be more and more his own. And, um, just a kind of a degree of the unknown that opens up with that. So kind of, you know, a mix of emotions that come with a moment like that. So that was kind of my, my connection to a Birada like it moment when that happened. And then I also was so aware of the, the kind of the covenantal family bond in that Lador Vador thing where, you know, surely our parents watched us take our first steps. And then we happened to capture them at the right moment that everybody could be there on FaceTime seeing him. Um, and then, and then the piece of being a blessing, you know, I think if I were to look at that same scene through my son Arye's eyes, I think he was sitting there probably thinking that, you know, the blessing for him was getting to see all these people he loves on, you know, even in the little boxes that they were in and that that was so, so fun and amazing for him that it inspired him to, you know, take those wobbly steps. And we're sitting there thinking, wow, the blessing for us is to see this little guy you know, figure out how to take his first steps. And, and I think that that's really, that's what it is always, whether we're aware of it or not, is that by just our existence, we are being a blessing to someone else. And I think it's really important to hold onto that right now for our, your own resilience and for remembering that you might be the person helping somebody else carry on in their day, whether, you know, it's something that seems simple or seems complex to you. So <clears throat> whatever it is, wherever you are on your inner Lech Lecha journey in these complicated times, please remember you have these tools already at your disposal, these reminders from our ancestors of how to carry on for the long haul. And, and most of all, please remember that each of you already is a blessing and please keep blessing each other and supporting each other. Shabbat Shalom. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.